And today's class is the success of Isaac Kababi and his, and his whole family. We're here in the Sukkah. And Bezrat Hashem, he should have. He's the Spanish version of me. And we're trying to get him to speak more. And Isaac has been a tremendous, uh, great friend that we were able to bounce a lot of ideas. He's, Isaac's the one that we got the consciousness chart from. A consciousness chart, Isaac, he's an, he's an architect. And he's able to take all my classes and put it into it. So God will, will eventually get, get a book out. Whenever we we have the time, God willing, and um, we are here in His Sukkah, and today is a nice quiet day, so we can actually record. So today we're going to talk about the Kuti Halachas on on the laws of Hoshana Rabbah, and we're going to talk about a very very famous Torah in Lesson Five from the Kuti Moharan. We, we, when we speak about, and today obviously is the Yort side of Reb Nachman Breslov. So if we, we could take we could take the, the concept of Reb Nachman. He says the world considers faith a very very minor thing. I say it's everything. I say it's everything. And basically, he tells us in lesson, lesson 7 in the second half of the Kutam Moran, he tells us the reason why we're in exile, and this is, this is a, an exile, not just an exile, but our, our own personal exile, is because we lack faith. We lack faith in that situation. Okay? So we could say that, and we could say today how much faith you have in something, the amount of time you, you, you spend praying for it. Um, you know, because if you believe faith, faith is very connected to prayer. Because obviously, if you have a if you have a gun, and you're not shooting, it's in potential. So the whole the whole point of shooting the gun is is having is having faith. Welcome, welcome. So Reb Nachman tells us that the main thing is faith, and everybody has to search within himself to find it. So this particular Torah, he's telling us that he's talking something about very very connected today to the placebo effect. That he's telling us that the main issue that we have, again, whether it could be any time, if you think about it, any time that we are in any form of a victim mode, any kind of victim mindset, it, it is a bl- is black and white lack of faith. So anytime we're blaming somebody, we're blaming situations, or any of that situations in our life, that is under the umbrella of lack of faith. So if we think about if we think about consciously that everybody in, we, we keep on getting lessons until they're until they're learnt right, and it's just if it's not if we don't fix one issue, we'll just get the same issue from another person, and you know I had a conversation with with a, with, with somebody you know yesterday, and the, the main conversation is is the wife wants the guy to be a man, so I said listen, <laughs> this is not just an issue with this girl. Any relationship you're going to go to, heaven is sending you a stick to tell you to man up and you need to get a job and you need to be a man. I mean, that's not... Forget this person. But when the, when the person is so stuck on the individual, they lose the, the concept of what needs to be learned. That's, that's the thing that we have to be careful with, um, that we, sometimes we lose, we lose faith because we're too, we're too busy focusing on the, the actual details of the situation instead of... What is the message that, that our Creator wants from us in every situation? And that's exactly why Rabbi Nachman spoke about having so much his bodhidut and talking to Hashem about it. Because through, through talking to Hashem, you're going to eventually you're gonna build your faith. Because obviously, if you have the courage to, to talk, that means you believe that somebody's listening to you. And that develops a relationship. So that actually helps you have faith. As you develop a relationship, you end up having faith. And it says the main thing is faith. Every person has to search within himself to find it because there are those who are suffering the most outstanding afflictions. 
and the only reason that they are ill is because of a is because of a, a, a of a fallen faith. Obviously, there's there's situations where chemically people are chemically depressed, and and other situations, emotional issues, and God forbid there are other issues. God forbid. But he's saying here, if it's an emotional issue, the first thing you have to ask yourself: How is my faith in that situation? You know, anxiety today. If you have no trust, of course you're gonna have anxiety. Of course you're not. But he's telling us here that the main issue, that the main reason why a lot of these things, and also the Baal Shem Tov says that, that you know, the biggest cause of, of, of uh, sickness today is unhappiness. And unhappiness. And that's, that, that's what Rabbi Nachman, he forced us to be the simple. He forced us to be happy because he recognized that if you're not happy, you're, you're going to basically go into a stress response in every situation in life. You're going to constantly resist it and you're never going to get out of it. And there are those who suffer from the most outstanding because of a fallen faith. This is God will make your plagues, God forbid, outstanding, relentless, and great. And because of why, he takes the word nemanim and emunah. So if you take it, and he says the reason why it's a blemish in faith. And he's telling you here that for all medicines are based on plants and they grow only on account of faith. We know that when, a, when, when there's faith, rains come down and plants grow. So Ramanathan's getting even to the deeper concept that the, the whole point of plants growing in the first place is because you have faith in it. So if you look at the placebo effect, you know, they, they show you that the more a person believes in the medicine, or if the, if the doctor's wearing a lab coat, there's a greater chance of healing. Or there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of studies showing that the more sophisticated the situation, the greater the better chances of healing. Is it because of the, the, the lab coat or because of the, the fancy blue pill versus the red pill? It's because of the chance of the belief is that I'm going to get healed. So the placebo, I think the study today, if, I believe the study today is if you can beat the placebo by, by a couple of points, a medica- medication can actually get, uh, get FDA approved. So imagine, as long as you beat the placebo, and how, how the placebo effect happened, it happened in a, I, I believe it was, I don't know, World War II, I don't remember. But basically they were, they were giving people heroin and they ran out of heroin. And all of a sudden they told, they started telling, yeah, we have more heroin. And they gave them saline water. And next thing you know, how did you feel? Oh, it was amazing, the pain is gone. So that, that's how the placebo effect started, believe you. But this is what we're not going to telling us is the medication is not going to work the medication is not going to work. The prayer is not going to work. Nor the merit is going to work. If you do not have faith. So forget the medication. <laughs> Ask yourself, do you have faith that you'll be healed? This is why the Rambam spent a lot of time with his patients. He says, first, before you administer medication, get the guy in good spirits. Because if you give the guy medication and he's not in good spirits, it's not going to work. Rambam spend more time. You know, how many times, there's a great book, um, Radical Remission, you know, basically spoke about thousand cases of of cancers just going away. I mean, we hear all kinds of cases of cancers going away. Just radically going away, miracles. You hear a lot of people, they they started looking inside. a A lot of people just said, you know what? I have six months to live. Let me live it up. And because they were so happy, I mean, God forbid we should come to that, to, that, to, that, to that test. God forbid. But when people let go and they were able to heal. And, and there, is, there is truth to this. And this is exactly what Rabbi Nachman is saying here. 
that without faith, and he's telling us why, is because in order to have healing, you, have, you need to have earth, fire, water, and air. Okay? Earth, fire, water, and air. But if you pray, you only have what? Fire, air, and water. You're missing the earth elements. If you take God's name, Yudke Vavke, the last hay represents earth, represents faith. So you're missing the hay. You're missing the hay elements. So screaming, like Rabbi, you know, I, I was with Rabbi Rush, and he was telling me stories. About, yeah, why, why do people say thank you, God? And some people, their problems become opportunities. And how come people, other people say thank you, thank you, thank you? And, and they're still in the same problem. It's because they were not grateful. They're just saying thank you because Rabbi Rush told them to say thank you. And they, and they became a gimmick, like a segula, to get out of the... But they're not grateful for the situation. So the difference between being thankful and being grateful. So the, the whole point is, is if you're not internalizing this, this faith concept, then it's not really... It's not going to really do much. Because you're only... You have... You're missing the fourth element. So again, medication, screaming, even prayer will not work if it does not have the faith behind it. So we need to... It's not, it's not the length of the prayer, it's the faith behind the prayer. Which this is why, you know, you don't hear this so, so much mentioned. In Hasidus, Hasidus really, 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 really went into Emunah. Emunah, Emunah. You know, if you hear Rabbi Rush, the first thing he'll tell you, you're in the problem because you don't have Emunah. He gets really to the, it's really, really, it, it's something where you have to really face the gorilla in the room. Because faith is something you really, really got to work on. And this is why you see, you know, the Garden of Garden of Garden of Moon has, you know, these changing. When's the last time you saw a Jewish books? Millions of millions of books sold, millions of books sold, because Emuna is something. And again, they're simple stories; they're not complicated stories. But that's the problem of the generation. The problem of our generation is we, we lack Emuna, and this is where if we don't we, we lack Emuna because not only not only we're not praying for the problem, but we're resisting the problem. We're complaining about the problem. You get me? We're avoiding the problem. We're medicating the problem. We're doing anything but to deal with the issue, issue at hand, which means God gave me this issue in my life, and I have to work on it through my emunah. And most importantly, we're not grateful that we have that problem. We're not grateful. So we really need advice from a, from a person on how to, like I said before, it, it, today it's, it's the lack of, lack, of, lack of the right advice. You know, I, I've told this, to, you know, I have, we have many therapists that work for us. And there's, a, again, there's a certain time where therapy needs to be cut off. And you need to press gas. Because if you're just in therapy all day long, you're still going to be, you're going to be institutionalized. If you're in treatment too long, again, you, you, the fear is going out into the real world and getting a job and, and becoming something of yourself. So even something in life, there's a time to knowledge and there's a time to press go. Rabbi Nachman has a Torah, Lesson 199, and he says, why are you crying out to me when the Jews were, were crying in the desert? He said, why are you crying out to me? Tell them to move. Because it's not a time anymore to cry out. You did that already. Now show me that you're willing to take the next step. Show me that you're willing to take the next step. And that's really, really the, the emuna becomes, ends up becoming bitachon at the end. Because emuna is the, you have enough belief and then you have to take the action. Which that's the bitachon. And bitachon is what causes success in our lives. 
This is what Nachman says. Not all, not all successful people are happy, but all happy people are successful. Right? That means if a person's happy, he's guaranteed success. Because he has happiness as a result of having that bitachon, etc. So this is, again, we're in this concept of, even, even Ramnathan says, even in a sukkah, he tells us the sukkah could be as wide as possible. It could be as wide, your wisdom could be as wide as possible. But be careful that you don't go over 20 feet, 20 amos. Because if you go over, then that's arrogance. So you have to stay grounded. That means a person's knowledge, has, he can have tremendous amount of knowledge, but it always has to be grounded to recognize who's running the show. Who's running the show. And whether you have a billion dollar sukkah or a hundred dollar sukkah, rain comes down, everybody's out. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> everybody's out. No matter how much, no, no matter how much you have, you're out. So Reb Nachman tells us the remedy for this is to dig down deep and to nurture faith. And he says here that when a person is lacking faith, he needs the earth element. And just like earth, you know, when we want to get diamonds in our life, we have to dig down deep. You need pressure. So God gives us so much pressure in our lives and He gives us these repeated lessons over and over and over to get into get into Bina. Bina Kabbalistically means the heart. Bina means the heart. When we're able to recognize that, that the problem is really, really deep down in the heart. For example, you know, a lot of the situations of, like we spoke about yesterday a little bit, a lot of this unworthiness, when we feel unworthy, we for, we're forced to, you know, demand things. For example, you, uh, let's say today you see people, very provocative pictures uh, on the internet, right? It's, there's an unworthiness there. Because why do you need so much approval? If you approve yourself, why do you need a thousand people? You don't need it. You understand? So you see that today, the, 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 the emptiness is causing, is, is wants the outside to be more forced, more forced acceptance. At the end of the day, it just becomes more and more empty. Because the, the solution is to approve yourself. To approve yourself the way you are, be happy with what you have. And then you'll even be more successful because you're, you're, not, you're no longer demanding on people. So when you ask, you know, why is, why is public speaking such a problem today? Why is it the biggest? It's because everybody's thinking about what, the, what you're going to say and they're going to judge you. But if you really don't care, then you could say, Whatever's in your heart. You understand? So that, that's what the, the, the Rav Nachman's really, really saying here is well, we have to dig down deep. And I'm going to connect this to Hoshana Rabbah. The, the remedy is to dig down deep to find the waters that nurture faith. The water means counsel, the advice. Where today, we're, 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 it's a world of lost advice. Who should I marry? Who should I date? Who should I this? Should I do this business? Should I that business? And I've said many times, it's the questions that we have where do questions come from? They come from a blocked heart, right? When I know this person's for me, there's no questions. There's only answers. We have questions in our lives when we don't, when we take this, when we have this negativity and we internalize it, and then all we have is questions. So when I have a lot of questions, that means my faith is not there. My faith has, has, has been breached. I, I've, we have, we have, we, it's, a, it's a form of division of the heart. The heart's divided between to do this or to do that. And this is why Reb Nachman also advises us. Um, he advises us to learn constantly, always learn halacha. Specifically learn halacha. Why halacha? It's not the most exciting thing in the world to learn halacha. But learning halacha, when you're learning halacha, you're able to, to, to 
decipher between what's right and what's wrong. So what that does is it actually purifies your hearts. Your advice is every single day to learn halacha. Because halacha is fixing the machlochet, which the word halacha, it's fixing a, a cholek, which it means a division in your heart. So anytime I get very, very confused, I'll, I'll, go, I'll start learning a lot of halacha. And then that usually remedies. Because what happens is, is you know, let's say you know, God is in front of us. We don't feel like praying. Uh, I don't feel like doing this. So what, how could you not want to feel if you knew God is in front of you? It's because your heart's divided at that moment. So what, that's, that, that, the, the whole concept of breast love is really, really, really attack the heart. Because the heart is the CEO of every other organ. And the root of the heart is joy. And the root of healing is in the heart. And God wants your heart. So that's why breast love is all into the emotional aspect. Chabad is more into the mind. Chachma bin and dat. More the intellectual. Reb Nachman, if you hear, if we, if we listen to Reb Nathan's prayers, if you hear these, you know, you, 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 some of these prayers that he's saying, you would feel like he, he'd be getting, he's, he's getting hijacked. I mean, you feel like he's in Harlem running for his life. But that's the way he expressed himself before his creator. He, he demanded, he expressed himself, and that's telling us that we, we have these major issues and we're not dealing with them. We're, we're not dealing with them on, on a real level. We have to dig down deep. So what he says is the remedy for this is to dig down deep and to find the waters that nurture faith. And these waters, because remember, prayer will not help you if you do not believe in it. It's not the prayer. It's the faith. You understand? That means if I come out, just like on Yom Kippur, if I came out of Yom Kippur, and I'm trying to find out what time is the fast over, and I feel heavy as just like I was before, Yom Kippur did nothing for me. Because I'm supposed to walk out of Yom Kippur feeling completely light. The fact that I feel light is the result that I feel cleansed. And that I feel completely renewed and I, and I feel completely it's a, it's a new it's a new I'm cleansed I have a new energy I'm not in the past anymore that's a sign that you did so the same thing when you pray and you feel it you know you the things that's what allows me to manifest that means the more faith I have the more I believe in my creator the more I can manifest it's a vicious cycle that means to the extent that I, 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 I I'm able to have that faith prayers get answered then I pray again and then prayers get answered again. I'm now I'm able to go into specific spaces and, and, and manifest and etc. I see Isaac has his, 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 his bodhidut. I felt the energy of your energy over there. But you can see there's a certain energy that, that's how many years you've been doing it? Two years? Four years. Four years. So he's imagining he's meditating in the same spot for four years. Automatically, there's an energy there that he can walk into that's already feels, feels, feels like a place of, that he can just walk into and talk. Same thing, I have my spot. Our sages tell us that we should have a specific spot to pray in because every single time you go there, you're, you're giving it energy and you're enhancing your faith. So when he walks in there, you can see there's an openness. There's a, there's, you understand? He cleared the air. You know, you go to the hotel, it's very easy to open up. You go to Vegas, you won't even be able to pick up a book because the energy in one place and the energy in that place. But the more you purify that space, four years of praying, imagine me doing... 10 years so we can walk into areas and we can get answers and we can work on things so that's that's a, that's an extremely important advice set up a place in your life where you can create that space because the more you build it the more you plant it the more you can go into that zone 
and, 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 and that should be a coping mechanism to deal with situations in life. So whatever your zone is, whatever your, you need a specific location, a specific place, a specific time. The, to the extent that you are consistent in that area, you purify the airspace, and once you purify the airspace, you go there. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're at the airport, you don't know where you, where you sit. Should I sit here? Should I sit here? This, there's no seat here. There's this guy's seated. You, you don't even know where the hell you are. You understand? You go to the airport, you don't even know, nobody knows where to sit. All the seats are taken. You're sitting there on standby like an idiot and nobody wants to move. It's, that's confusion. That's not what we want. We want, we want, I'm sitting here. This is where I go because it's extremely important. You want to pre-commit. You want to pre-commit. You want to, get, you want to get into a zone, spiritual zone, where you're able to nullify and you're able to get into real healing. You have to have a, you have to have a zone. And the re, why you're speaking, why you did public speaking, is because you spent the hours there doing it. It's the, it's the bottom line. So Rabbi Nachman says that even, even if a person cries out, if he doesn't have faith, the, worth, it's, the, the prayer will not go anywhere because it's missing the yud ke vav hey. Remember, we need the last hey. So what he's saying here, is he says, the advice is to cry out from the heart. The cry out from the heart, heart alone, it's a soundless cry. To ask for advice. Not to ask to get answered. To ask for advice. You understand? So many times we're too busy. Uh, I need an answer whether I should, uh, you know, why I need to marry that person so quick. Or why I need to be in that business. Or why do it? We're too busy get, trying to get the prayer answered. Meanwhile, there's a deeper reason why you're, why do you need to do that right now? Does that make sense? So the, his, the, his, the, here the remedy is, is he's saying here, is to, is to, and he said the reason why we have to go through this concept of why do we have to have the cry out before the light? Why is that created? Just give me the light. He's saying this is exactly the way the world is created. He says, this parallels the, the creation of the world. First there's darkness, then there's light. First, you need to be lost in life. Like the gift of rock bottom, right? There's got to be a point in life where, it's, where your, your, your sechel is gone, where you have no sechel. You, God takes away your, your, your ability to understand anything. He, he, he gets you at the place where you're ripe for change. I call it the gift of rock bottom. There's nothing greater than when an addict says, I will do anything, just tell me what I need to do. Today, we, the biggest problem we have is the resistance to getting to the, deep, the, the rock bottom. You understand? We, we don't, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do this. This is not for me. I tried that. Okay. You have to get to the, what he's telling us here, you have to get to real darkness. Because when you're in darkness, boy, will you scream out. That's the real scream that you really need. That's the one that's going to save you. Not the one that, oh, it's a, little, it's a little pain. That's why we have to go through massive pain. And it would, it would look completely, you know, it would be completely, you would say, this is cruel. Why would my creator put me in such a deep abyss where I have to scream out like my life is on the line? Because that's, that's where he's going to get the greatest out of you. I've had those moments <laughs> where you are in a surrender mode where you have nothing else to do but scream. You've tried everything else. But that is the greatest gift that he can give you. And this is what he's saying here. He's saying, this parallels creation of the world. First there's darkness and afterwards there's light. Darkness signifies an absence of advice. What is darkness? 
an absence of advice. What's, where is an example that this happened? We're going to read soon about Hagar. She was sitting there. She was thirsty. She screamed out to God. And what happened? Her eyes opened. The well was there the whole time. The well was there the whole time. Her eyes were open now. That's the difference. The well didn't, God didn't put a well there. He opened her eyes. The darkness in our lives is because we can't see it. And you cannot, and this is not something you can go to a psychologist for, a psychiatrist, and get Prozac and get medication for. No, no. This is something deep down, you have to scream from the heart, and that's what's going to give you the advice. And I've seen many people, how they came to the podcast. We don't get them from the front door, usually. They're not coming from the front door. They're coming from the back door. They screamed out for advice. Here you go. Here's the podcast. Here's, here's Rabbi Nachman for you. But it, it has, there has to be some kind of desperation to get you to scream out. And then the advice comes. So it's actually the biggest light comes right next to the biggest darkness in our lives. This is what he's saying here. By crying out from the depths of our heart, this is another reason why we say tikkun atzot. When we wake up at midnight, Rabbi Nachman advises to wake up at midnight and there's a, there's a prayer called tikkun atzot. When you're waking up, basically you're waking up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and you're, you're screaming out to God, when will, my, when will this temple be built? When will, when will we be restored? How long will we be here? There, there, there are cries. There's, these are very, very serious prayers. And what I'm not going to say is you, what you're really crying is, is your own temple is destroyed. You're, you have to pretend that it's your own building that's destroyed, your own marriage your own, your, own, your own lack of trust, your own self-esteem. You, that's you. You're crying out. How long will this be destroyed? So because you cried out at night, you cry out, you get the advice. You get an, a, a tremendous amount of awareness. And this is exactly why he's saying here, there has to be darkness. Because afterwards, darkness, then the advice comes. Then the advice comes. And this is exactly very synonymous. This is... This, this synonymous here with Hoshana Rabbah. Rabbi Nathan takes this simple Torah, and he's saying here, this, the, the reason why we, we, we take the willow branches on Hoshana Rabbah is because it's for the time of the final sealing of judgment. Imagine the whole year's on the line, the last day, you're getting stamped. This is, you know, it's not a day where you'd say, okay, you know, let's go get a coffee latte and hang out and, and flip pages, right? This is a time to, to, to scream. The intensity of the day and the intensity of the, of the energy is the intensity of what? Screaming. It's the intensity of crying out for help, right? And what are we asking? And this is why the Zohar tells us that Hoshana Rabbah corresponds to Isaac returned to dig the wells. We speak about digging the wells. Digging the wells represents digging the water, digging deep for advice. Because we know, we know Sukkot is connected to water. For Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of judgment, and this is while the day of judgment is being aroused to completed. On Rosh Hashanah, on Hoshanah Rabbah, it's completed. Therefore, Rabbi Nachman says in this Torah, Lesson 5, in the second half of Lekutim Moran, that between Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, we all know that they're all, they're all connected. It's, a one, it's, it's, it's one connection. On Rosh Hashanah, faith is manifested, right? This is the day where we crown, right? Through the strategies. And then, 
On Rosh Hashanah, we say a psalm reciting, oh, oh God, you're manifesting. But we, we crown him. But then on Hoshana Rabbah, we're asking for the advice. Ana, anu, ana, ana, hoshi, ana. Please save me. Save me now. Save me now. And the whole prayer of, of, of Hoshana Rabbah is give us a good strategy. Right? Which comes Kabbalistically, comes from the Netzach and Chod, which is the legs. Right? It's the Netzach and Chod, which represents the Sukkah. Also, Netzach and is your sword. It's a very, very deep concept. But the whole concept of this, of this concept is, is we are screaming out for advice. So what we should do practically, this is why in the whole Hoshana Rabbah is, save me, save me, Hoshana, save me, save me now, save me. And we go over and over and over and then, because this is exactly, we're beginning, we're going into the new year, we're, we're, we're ending the, 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 the stamp is coming. We need salvation. And salvation comes through good advice. Today, the majority of people are getting the wrong advice. If you hear the, the advice people are getting, leave your husband, he's toxic. You know, you're getting the wrong advice. Today, more than ever, some of the therapists need to be patients, what I've seen. Some of the, the, the advice today, you've never seen, God forbid, the advice so off today. By professionals, God forbid. People who are destroying marriages on wrong advice. Telling a kid, you feel like you're a girl, do this. I mean, the advice is it's a disaster today. There's nowhere to run to today. Because when we're getting the wrong, according to our theories of therapy, you go to get the wrong advice, next thing you know, you'll be divorced and be divorced and be divorced, just, and you'll, everybody will be toxic in your life. And then you'll say, oh, I got advice from my therapist, LCMW. <laughs> That's the scary part today, the wrong advice. Where are you getting the advice from? And you know, if you're getting the advice from your own heart, from your own, deep down where you know where your pain is, you're going to get the solution because you cried out to it. The Arizal says that any time, any time that we get something without praying for, it might not stay with us. But if we get through, that means I, when I go through a very dark situation and I transform through that situation by crying out, I'm guaranteed that's the right advice. I'm guaranteed that's the right advice. Because I earned it and I prayed for it. But when I think I'm going to fix a spiritual problem with a chemical solution and just think that's going to be the advice, I'm not, how come I'm on this for 20 years? And I see, a per, I see black and white. It's the, the wrong advice today. The wrong advice. We're, we're, we're the wrong... We're getting... We have a very, very, very dysfunctional... Again, there's amazing therapists, there's amazing... But there's amazing marriage. But I, what I've heard is everybody would be divorced already. <laughs> everybody would be divorced. They'll find one thing wrong. This is toxic. You're an abusive marriage. Bye-bye. Where Rabbi Nachman tells you, Azamra, what is, what is he doing good for you? So Hasidus says, no, you're not seeing the good in the person. The other advice is, that's good, toxic, cut off. What do you think the 13 attributes of mercy are? Finding mercy in other people. And when you find... Mercy on difficult people, God finds mercy on you. So I'm trying to explain to you, this is counterintuitive of what the advice is. So this is why on Hashanah Rabbah, when we, ha- when we lose faith and we hit, th- we hit these bottoms, either we go into a, God forbid, a dark depression, or that is the beginning of the, of the, of the salvation. 
That is the beginning of the salvation. And that's where you first have to ask for the right advice. Can you imagine asking God, can you please, I want to get closer to you, give me the right advice. He's got to answer you, the right advice. But when you think it's your own advice and you don't want to listen, it's your way or the highway, then you get, you get sent the wrong advice. So this is why it's extremely important on, in this generation more than ever is, is to really, really recognize that the, the, your, the darkness itself is for you to cry out. Is for you to cry out. Is for you to recognize what needs to be fixed. The lessons are repeated until they're learned. And it's not an easy one, believe me. And then once you get the lesson, then you have to work on transforming yourself in that lesson. That means if you have to work on self-esteem, if your lesson is you have low self-esteem, then you have to work on your self-esteem tremendously. Then you really have to work on it. Because then again, it will happen over and over again. So we get the lesson by screaming out. Then we have to have trust in ourselves in getting to that. In getting to that. And that that's, this is really, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful concept. Because you have the, Rabbi Nachman, God is your therapist. But you, Rabbi Nachman will give us the advice on how to hit. This is exactly why he said, there, why did he say there's no despair in the world? Because the rock bottom is really the biggest light. Despair is not, doesn't exist. Because ever since God decided not to destroy the world again, He decided not to destroy the world in the partials, in the partial of the flood. But after that, there's always a huge light after every single darkness. And that's what we have to tap into. We have to tap into that, that that please God give me the good advice. Save me. Just like you, we're hearing Hashem. Save me now. Save me now. Save me. That's exactly how you should plead. It's giving you a practice session on how life looks like. Marriage today. Save me. Can you understand your spouse? Can you understand? We can understand anything. We can understand. It's, there's areas in your life where you're going to be put, there are going to be roadblocks in front of you, in back of you, on the sides, and you have no other option but to scream to heaven. No matter how smart you are, no matter how much money you have, because a blind person cannot see until God, everybody's presumed to be blind, until God opens up your eyes. And just like Hagar was blind, she was, she, she, the well was right there, her eyes were not open. So this is why we have to ask God, we, one of the prayers is we ask God, open up my eyes to this situation. And Hashem bless us all, that we should all get the right advice and go into Because Sukkot is not just about shaking the lulav and... And, you know, have a couple of meals and next thing you know, you're going into... It's about internalizing that you, you developed a new relationship with your Creator. Now you have that trust. When things come up, you have strategy now. You have strategy, you have direction, you have places to go. Beautiful. Any questions on this? Any questions on this concept?